DCM works. Tricks are for kids. It was probably a song that reminded me of it. Or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. It makes us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I, I had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, going. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art for Artists podcast. Official podcast of Digital Creative Media Works. My name is David, DCM Creative Director. Lead writer joined, as always, by my co-host of band. Hello. Uh, what was that? I don't know. Just a new Hello. thing you're trying out? Hello. Hi. How, what's, what's going on, man? Not much. Here to record. That's yep. what's going on. Um, and today we're talking about the genre of Kill Bill. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. Um, now, Kill Bill was one of those films that I saw at an age that was probably too... Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah I saw it way too early. It's, it falls in that category of, like, The Matrix and stuff like that, where... It, the film came out just... in, like, 2001? Yeah. And then the second one the year after. Or it might yeah. have been 2000, 2001. It was pretty early. I think it was 2001, and then the start of 2003 or two. I think I saw it in, like, 2006? Yeah, on DVD, for sure. Yeah, when I was obscenely way too young, way too young to see it. Holy I would have been about 12. I, that first film is so violent. Oh, yeah. I totally like, forgot. Yeah, it's... Like, Jesus. Like, the the reason why the Crazy 88... The, the Crazy 88 fight is in you black and that. white mm-hmm. is because it didn't pass ratings boards with it being in colour. Well, it doesn't fucking surprise me. So he just made it black and white and kept it in. I mean, they do a lot of that with shots where they... Like, those silhouette shots at the end of that fight as well. Yeah, just to obscure some of it, yeah. Uh, it's it's really clever how Tarantino kind of worked around those restraints um, to get that, that violence in there. But one of the reasons yeah. that... I, well, the reason I wanted to rewatch it is... Um, last week we did Willy Wonka. And you were just like, let's watch a bunch of older films. <laughs> and I was like, what if for a while we just did old stuff? Because I hate new things. Because nothing new is coming out. And we so... also... I also... We didn't see, like, Star X-Men. Or, I haven't seen Star Trek yet. Yeah. So when we get get around to that, we'll see that. But for now, but for it's now, the it's old, old classic, stuff. classic so month. Get ready for cl- uh, the. Cl- well, I guess it started with the thing. It's with just the classics, the advisory boys. So it's yeah. just the just the classic DC, Alfred Artists, just, just the classics. The classics. That's yep. the new tagline. That's what we're doing for this month alone and this month only. Probably a couple of months. Probably a couple of months because it's fucking sweet shit all coming really out. Not much coming out. Um. Yeah. So I guess one of the things that I was super interested in looking at, particularly with. The second film is well, yeah. Particularly once you watch both of them, it's it's interesting. So Tarantino, it structurally always tends to go for a western of some kind. Like if yeah, you look at, if you look at everything he's done, most of them are westerns. I think t- to me, Tarantino is more like he's the uh, he's the Blizzard of filmmakers, or I guess Blizzard the is, fuck the, does that is mean? the video game designers, the Tarantino of game design, uh-huh. in the sense that like he'll just take a genre put a little spin on it, and then just release it as the best example of that genre. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, okay. he's he's done... Is that what Blizzard do? 
Well, yeah, Blizzard just take, like, you know, they okay. make the best RTS. Oh, okay. They have the best card game. Right. They have the current best first person. You know, I don't believe you, I just don't pay any attention. Yeah, no, like, they, he's, he, he doesn't, he's not known for anything in particular, like, any he's genre in particular. He's just known at, he's, yeah, he's just known for taking something and making it the best it can be. He makes a lot of westerns, though. I mean, yeah, that's clearly his favorite genre. I mean, yeah. like, because Django Unchained, we will eventually do an episode on that. Because that film is <coughs> so <Literally> different. <laughs> it's so different to Kill Bill, but it's still, like, it's very much stylistically similar. Like, it's got... So I, obviously, it, it, the well, I think Kill Bill different. started his sort of modern era, almost. You I know, think like, so, Like, if you yeah. look at his older films, and then you compare them to his newer stuff, there is a, there's a slight difference. Like, it's a lot less, um... Like, they kind of... They're easier to watch, in a sense. You know, he does a lot less... Um, like time skips in newer films, yeah. So that he doesn't get away from doing it in Kill Bill, at least Volume One. Volume Two, it's a bit more linear, um, a lot more linear actually. But the th- the thing I like about Kill Bill and the reason why I wanted to talk about the genre was the f- the fir- like the first two films they came out like literally a year apart. They were obviously made at the same time, but they're so different in the way that they treat their subject matter in the way that they, like, what kind of cliches they have, where the first film, Volume 1, is basically a Western set in Japan. Yep. And Volume 2 is basically, like, a Wushu movie set in Texas. Yep. It's completely, like, like completely flips the flips the coin it's on, so like, clever. what it's meant to be. Like, you expect the, the dumb Wushu shit to be in the first one because they're in Japan. Yep. And it's there's none of it, like no. absolutely none of it. Like you don't even see, uh, what's his name, the this the weird racist stereotype. Uh, uh, May Mayfung, no key uh, key something. Anyway, mm. you don't like you didn't even see him in the first one, but then in the second film, he's like a major character, and he's very racist. And it's like holy fucking shit! Like who is this guy? Like I I thought I was like, because I've seen like I haven't seen much of. Volume 2, I think I'm, I didn't see Volume 2 as a kid. I only yeah. saw it, like, later on. So, Volume 2, to me, is, like, a blur. Like, I, I haven't actually seen one and then immediately seen the second one, only until, like, last week. And I was like, wow, it's completely fucking different. It's so different. And what's great, though, I mean, this is, to me, this is an interesting thing. Because what he's done is he's got, he sets up the premise in the first one, right? But tells a discreet story about her... Um, killing Lucy Liu's character. Like, that's, yeah, the, like that's the, the story. The, yeah, and it's actually really smart because the... It fits the storyline better that she she goes to Japan, you know, gets the sword, recoups, and then goes kill mm. kills the closest target, which is Lucy Liu, and then goes back to US. Yep. And then kills uh Copperhead. Uh yeah. Um, and so Bud, then the others. Yeah, it's like Bud. Um Bud Copperhead, there's Lucy Liu's character. Um the like North Carolina mountain snake is the poison chick. Yep. Um and then she's the black viper. Which... Yeah, who gets killed at the start of the first one? No, so Black Viper Wait, is. Wait, who's Black? So the bride is Black Viper. No, and... she's Black Mamba, isn't she? Black Mamba, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Copperhead comments that why the fuck didn't Bill call her the Black, M- yes. Black Mamba? Makes yeah. sense, yeah. Um, but it makes sense because the whole film is meant to be that story in Japan, like the fight with the fight at the start of the film, which is yeah, the the like the first thing that happens. Like the film goes from zero to hundred like immediately. It's insane. Um, oh, uh, it, I mean, it, it, it just so, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So if you didn't know what you were watching, it you just, just like, what the fuck? Wow, yeah. it's qu- like I, I. It just starts. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons I think he does that time structure in the first film. 
is you are just in the action. You mean like yeah. you go from well, think... you go you go from the the bang bang song, which is all slow and emotional, oh, and the song. whole intro. You're like, wow, this is such you know, it's like a revenge story, and you're like, it's all sad, and then it just oh. goes straight straight into a fight scene. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> and I think that's super important from a genre perspective, well, particularly for like structurally, if you're going to work in that western genre, right? Like, and, and I mean that, like, okay, so the first film it starts with the fight. Yeah. You get before that you get here's the bride she's been wronged in some way she's back for revenge right yeah she goes and she has this incredible confrontation uh, and then she doesn't kill the kid right she kills she kills uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She, does, she she doesn't kill the yeah. kid and that's really important because that's like our first moment well, not only like, says she doesn't kill the kid she says she tells the kid it's just like yeah. in a few years if you still feel wronged you can come find yeah. me. In the implies that it's just like because she's seeking revenge, she's killing all the people that killed her baby. She thinks like yeah. that's why she's going on that rampage. So she knows, like you know, she's not above the whole revenge killing thing because she's doing it. So she's just like, I'm not going to tell you not to come kill me because this is exactly because it would just be the same thing that I'm doing. I didn't silence my phone. I'm sorry, no. guys. And it would amateur. be you know it would be hypocritical for her not to, and she's still reasonably, I guess. Uh, what's the word? honorable yeah i mean i think doing that makes her sympathetic immediately if, yeah if, if that hadn't happened if she just walked she away just, from the kid or if she just killed the if she just killed the mother in front of the kid well then she'd be the villain of the story yeah exactly um so it's this kind of you like cause and i mean the, they they pull the whole copperhead shot first idea with the reasoning why she ends up killing copperhead in the first place with the the gun inside of the fucking cereal box oh fuck yeah yeah, like, that, that was, comes out of nowhere. <laughs> that was just like, yeah, because, and then you go, okay, so clearly the bride is the one with the honor in this situation. Yeah. You Which know. is a classic Western. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, it's like the bad guy it's... draws before the other person's yeah. turned around. Like, it's exactly. just classic Western. And then what you don't expect is for the bride to just nail her in the fucking chest with a knife. Yeah. That's insane. And then it just go. it just keeps getting more insane. Yeah. And that, that, that structure of the first film is blow for blow a western with some of Tarantino's twists on Well it right? is because even when she goes to Hitori Hanzo to get the blade and she's like you know it's super Japanese you know like katanas and all that dumb shit it's like Hitori Hanzo's basically the sheriff of the town and that scene like, is that's what where... he is like he's he's not you know he they haven't really made it like they do have some of like the wushu shit but it's not it's nowhere near the same levels as the second film so once like it's it's a weird thing where it's just like they have they have the setup like they could make this the most like you know like katana swinging bullshit which it is but like beyond that like they could make it the most sort of weird like outlandish crazy thing with all these rituals and like yeah. honor among like samurai and stuff but they just kind of play it play it chill well to me and it's just like play that... it sort of straight and it it makes it so much more grounded which is why it feels so much more like a western than yeah what it what it almost has like what it's meant to be almost because if you did i think the reason that's interesting is what that to me is that's like in a western when the the hero goes into like or the hero of the outlook goes into the bar and like the bartender is like a retired cowboy or something and the 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 main character needs some guns to defend the town. Yeah. And the cowboy takes takes him into the back and pulls open this cupboard full of, like, pistols yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly what it's, it is. It's that exact scene, and it works so well because... And then he's like, oh, I want to take this one. It's just like, no, I've got a special one for you. 
and you know pulls out like like, the gun you know and it's like that's the one and you're like fuck me and then Hanzo (laughs) makes the sword and that is so like it's the old it's the it's the it's like the it's the old master coming out of his coming out of retirement to get and I think it speaks volumes about the kind of person Bill is before even like that's one of the things this film does really well you don't see Bill till the second film really you don't well you don't physically see Bill till the second film but his he's characterized so strongly in the first one yeah. By his influence. And then when you do meet him, they're so dissonant. The image of, like, Bill of what you've invented and, and then, then the image you, of him yeah, as, like, the father like, or whatever. You're like, what? And that's so important because that... You you experience the same disconnect that the bride does, right? Like, Kiddo walks in and she's like, the fuck? Yeah, she's like, like what the She has this fuck? moment where you're not sure if she's gonna, like, just, collapse crying or just shoot just Bill in the head. Him, yeah. Like, you're just like, I don't know what's about to happen. But something's about to happen. Right, so that... Well, you know, like, you know she's not gonna kill Bill. I don't know. In front of the kid. I See, there's a part of me that's because like... Because of the first film. Like, you know it's never gonna happen. Like, she has... Yeah, but has... There's, there's a part of me that's like, what if she doesn't think it's her kid? Like, I don't know. Like, it... Well, no, there's the... They, they play that whole, you know, like, the mother knows what her daughter's gonna... Like, what her daughter looks like. It's just like that innate thing. Which, again, plays into the whole bullshit wushu theme of the second film. Like, the... The second film starts off really really odd compared to the rest of it because it starts off with sort of a critique of how quote-unquote ridiculous the first film is uh-huh. when bill's talking to um what's his the 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 other dude his, bud. his brother yeah bud? bud yeah and he's talking to him he's he's like being really certain it's just like she's coming to kill us all like she took out like she took out Lu- like whatever lucy Lou's character is i completely forgot and, and the crazy 88. And they do the whole joke where it's just like, is there actually 88 of them? It's just like, no, they just use that name to sound cool. Like, in the first film, they don't mention the fact that they only call the crazy 88 because it sounds cool. They're just no. like, yeah, they're the crazy 88. Like, that's who they are. Mm. So, which is super, like, you know, it's like des- like the gang of desperados. Oh, yeah. It's they like just the- have a cool name, even though it doesn't suit at all. Yeah. In the, so in the second film, they're like, yeah, like, you know, how ridiculous was that first film, man? Eh? Like, but so even, even it's like, yeah, well, I hawked my Hanzo sword. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like, bucks. They, they don't give a shit about any of it. So you're like, okay, this is getting, you know, it's in Texas. It's back in the US. It's maybe it's a bit like ridiculous. Fucking... It's going to be the gritty real one with guns. And it no. kind of is. But then it just takes this weird <laughs> turn where, you know, she fucking punches, you know, she goes through the whole wushu shit where she gets trained by some mystical person and then punches her way through a coffin, which is ridiculous and completely impossible it's the best scene ever oh yeah it's, it's incredible one of my favorite fucking scenes it's just film. like what the fuck it's it's but it's it's this weird like tarantino does this thing in the second film where you get so like the the thing like everything is ridiculous except for the things that aren't and the things that aren't ridiculous are so grounded they're almost hard to watch sometimes yeah because you're like really like the the scene like a- any fight every fight that takes place in that trailer is crazy like just brutal Oh yeah, like the when she like when Bud dies, you're like, okay, Jesus fuck, that's insane. But then when um when Kiddo goes in and she's fighting the the poison chick, watching them try and fight, and that she the, they keep trying to draw the sword, and there's not enough room. Yeah, and it's a little bit funny, but it's like okay, so this is not going to be one of those fights. And then they just go at each other, like it's yeah. fucking brutal. And then she fucking plucks out her eye, and it goes, oh yeah, like so that's... it goes from being crazy brutal to like comical to like crazy brutal. Like it's just this weird kind of. Yeah, dissonance it's, it's, thing I don't know it bounces back and forth between being ridiculous and like legitimate and they do like in the they have a lot less of the uh, sort of like super weirdly superhero shit like in the first film they have 
you know, you have the crazy 88 fight, which is just full of just, you know, like, wow, you can basically see the wires on that jump. Like, you know, they just... Characters will just sort of hop yeah. and float. Crouching tiger. Yeah, 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 crouching tiger, hit dragon and kind of so thing. it's so on purpose. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, hugely on purpose. But once, like, when you get to the second film, you're like, God, like, that that wasn't really anything. Like, that made sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> in this one, you get, you know, you get stuff like the five palm hit exploding heart shit. Yeah, yeah. You get the fucking, the truth serum. It's like, what the fuck? Like, not a, <laughs> like since when does Bill invent guns? Like, since when was he a chemist making truth serums? It's just such a great... He's oh, such I don't a, know. It's so cool. He's such, like, a mad scientist villain. That, but like, he's... But he... But the, the... And the reason that... But that only works because he's not insane. He's not just a psychopath. Like, one of the complaints that I... Like... Because Steph and I... We have the other podcast that we do where we watch Smallville. And one of our biggest complaints is that the minute someone gets any power, they just go nuts. Yeah. Like, I think the reason that this... Like, the second film works so well is that Bill isn't a villain. Right? No. Like, he's just a guy just who a guy was too. doing a job, and he fucked up. wasn't really up. a job, he was just, he got pissed. Like, it's yeah. literally just like... He just got angry and made a bad call. Yeah, like, he just got, yeah, he just got he's pissed. He's been trying to fix it, basically, with, like, taking care of this kid, and you're like, okay, so he's not a monster, he just fucked up one time. But, like, he knows that, he knows that kiddo's gonna come kill him, because... That's what people do. And that's what he trained her to do. Yeah, That's the worst part of... Well, I think that's why that relationship's so interesting. And that's why you can't hate Bill. It's because you've been rooting for Kiddo, who's butchering people. The oh, whole yeah. film. Just absolutely murdering so people. So the minute you meet Bill, who hasn't killed a single person on screen, he's taking care of this kid, and then she kills him, you, you feel the same kind of, like, weird regret slash heartbreak slash justification that Kiddo does when he dies. Yeah, you're like, but like she doesn't really. W- well, like she wants to kill him. She also doesn't really want to k- see him dead. I don't know. It's this weird. It's so clever. Yeah, it's it's almost like she doesn't want to kill him because then she's like, well, then fucking my kid's gonna be real sad. But the kid knows. Like that's the funny thing. Like the kid isn't some dumb naive just like side plot. Like the kid is fully aware of like you know killing people and like she's totally okay with. She's it. across it all because she's a person she's not just a yeah because she was kid. grown up by like she was brought up by bill and bill's and the bill's kind of a... person that would teach a kid that yeah i kill people it's like That's why it's just like because i gotta do it gotta get like, that all right dollar. yeah i also love that bill is dressed like a cowboy at the end he wears like a full-on cowboy like leather coat with oh, like, yeah, leather totally shoulders is. yeah and like he's got a bandolier belt with his gun or whatever it's because he lives in texas yeah and it's just this like i don't know like it's just so there's something about the way that they do... And then on the TV at the end as well, there's a fucking cowboy film on the TV in his yeah. apartment. Like, or his house or whatever. But then, you but know, he keeps, you... The, he keeps the Hattori Hanzo sword, like, on a in the middle pedestal of the in the middle of the room. Yeah, because oh. it's, like, it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, there's just this weird... Like, because it's a Wushu film, those st- that stuff is still in there, and, like, you get... Well, I found, like, I, I really, really fucking loved in the... Because in the first film, like... They don't really, you know, she she goes to Hattori Hanzo, who's just like, okay, I guess he makes swords, and the only real reference to that being a big deal is when Lucy... We really need to figure out who her character's name is. <laughs> Lucy Lou's character is like... Um, we'll just call her Lucy Lou. We'll just call her Lucy Lou. It's probably it's fine. what her name is, anyway. We've yeah. forgotten it was more than a day ago. Yeah. So when Lucy... When she asks, just like... She's like, that's a nice blade you have, and kiddo's just like, yeah, it's... It's from Hitori Hanzo. And she, like, visibly looks like... She's like, oh, like... Like, intrigued. She's like, oh. And, like, that's so subtle. But then in the... 
second film, as soon as anyone mentions <laughs> Tori Hunter, like, what? Like, it's such a bigger deal in the second yeah. film because they put so much emphasis on the Hattori Hanzo swords. And yeah. when they're like, well, he, when he's just like, well, how good is the sword? It's just like, well, first you got to compare the Hattori Hanzo to literally every other sword that's being made. And then you can start talking about comparisons. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, it's like they're fucking Dragon Balls or something. But like, then, that's essentially what they are. But that's such a great idea because they don't get used that much in the second film. Like, they that's why... Yeah, they literally... No one dies at the hand of... No. One of those blades. You Literally expect, no one. You Because, ex- like, the expectation... Like, Buck is, gets killed by, funnily snake. enough, Black Mamba. Yep. Um, which is a pretty interesting nod. Um, what We don't really know what happens to the the poison chick. She presumably would die, because she can't walk anywhere. Yeah, she probably it. gets killed by the snake as well, to be honest. The snake yeah. probably just bites her, because there's something thrashing around. And Bill gets killed by fucking the five-point palm-exploding heart technique. And it's like, like no one actually dies to this thing, which is such a big deal, whereas in the first, in the first film, film, like so many people a lot of people die at the hand of the sword. And that's I think that's really important as a device, because what it shows, I think, is like it, it's one of those things where it's another example of Tarantino recognizing and seeing the genre, like visibly seeing the genre that he's in. Well, what it is, is I think it's a... It's sort of a comment on the whole... Because there's, there's a lot of sort of... Just, uh, like, sort of discussion behind this idea of where in the US there's this huge emphasis on the gun being, like, a tool. Like, in, in the US, like, you know, superheroes have guns. Well, not not superheroes, bad example. But, like, heroes have guns. Yeah, or you detectives and you... Yeah, like, they, they have guns because they're a tool for defense. Whereas in Japan, you see a lot more of the sword partly because they didn't really use guns but because they see weapons more as, like, a part of the person, not just... They see it, like, like as an, as an extension, mm-hmm. basically. But what he's doing in Kill Bill Volume 1 is he's basically going... He's taking the sword, which is traditionally seen as, like, an extension of the body in Japanese culture. Yep. And he's turning it more into a tool in the sense that... He turns it into action, a gun. Yeah, and t- he turns it into a gun, yeah. Yep. So in the second film, he doesn't use the sword because that would be like using guns. And you don't use guns in wushu films. You use the extension of oneself or the things that you've learned. Yeah, which in this case is you know plucking the, out the eyes, the, the pluck, five the, pan, and the the, the one the one inch punch. Or yeah, and the the what? Yeah, the the breaking out of the thing. Yeah, that oh, you're so right though. Like, and that's so clever because what you end up getting is you have this these these swords like these fucking Hitari horns and I think the, blades. well actually I think the biggest the biggest driving point to the whole the sword being the gun is in the first film. You'll just see in Japan, you'll just see characters, including Kido herself, but you'll see other people in the background just walking around with katanas strapped to them. Well, she gets on a plane with a sword next to her. Not only no, not only does she get into a plane with a sword next to her, there's... When the, f- the the camera's, like, zooming in from a side angle, there's actually a sword in the foreground that yeah, well, someone else owns. next to other people, yeah. Yeah, like, everyone just has a sword in the same way that in a Western, everyone, everyone has, a, has gun. a gun. Yeah. People just walk around with guns because you have to, it's your defense. And you know, like all those, all the guys on their motorcycle, the crazy idiot on their motorcycles, they all have their swords with them. All like, the, ev- like well, random yeah. people in the street will just have swords. And that, that's so, it's co- like such an interesting. It's such a small, genre. yeah. Like they didn't have, they could have just done the funny juxtaposition of her walking around with the katana and everyone being like, "Oh, what is she doing?" But they decided to make it normal. 
because it's a western and walking around with a weapon which in this case is the katana is normal because mm. you have to and if you're in america walking around with a gun is not that unusual yeah it's the same kind of like and that, that i mean that and the crazy 88 fight is literally a tavern fight it's, it's a, in a nightclub. <laughs> it's, it's in a nightclub. Um, with, with rock and roll music being yep. performed by Japanese bands. Yep. And, like, you know, people get thrown over banisters yep. and, like, through walls. It's a fucking bar fight, Someone dude. falls into a puddle of water. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's the classic bar fight. You know, it's... it's Except abs- there are people just getting their fucking limbs hacked off. Oh, yeah, like, it's like, just... It's, it's, it's to the extreme. It's, like, it, they really like, take... They make it just so hammy. It's just like if you let... I mean, and then you look at something like Django Unchained, where it's... Pretty much the same structure as the first Kill Bill, but he does... He takes it the other direction, where he makes it so Western, it's almost not real. Yeah. But this one is, like, it's far enough away from being a Western that it comes back to being a Western. Yeah, it, it's it's taking the ideas of a Western, but then applying them to something so ridiculous that it makes makes the part of it being a Western, like, sort of pop out and seem more legitimate. Because instead of just going... Like, if it was set in, like, a Western setting... And there was an actual, like, tavern brawl where one where a character with, like, you know, a six-round revolver killed mm. 88 people. You'd be like, when do they reload? You know, you'd, it'd, yeah. it'd just be ridiculous. You'd just be like, this fight's re- fucking stupid. But because it's a katana, because it's a sword fight, which, you know, you're kind of used to this idea of, like, oh, the, the good guy with the sword just cleaving through, like, hundreds of yeah, enemies because they're enemies. on a fodder. It just makes more sense. You know, yeah. like, it, it doesn't seem like... There's less dissonance there. Yeah, you've like, got it's, those not a, it's not like a, you know, Saving Private Ryan opening scene where it's, you know, it's the, the machine guns are just mowing down hundreds of people. Obviously, yeah. it's filmed differently. But, like, because it's not a gun, you don't have... Especially as a Western audience, you don't have that sort of innate thing of, there's like, no, someone no, mowing yeah. down people with a gun is a mass shooting. Whereas someone is, like, a hero, like, chopping people down with a sword... Yeah. Is sort of just an action scene. It's a, it's a different kind of. Well, you you bring different things to that as a scene, right? Well, that's why they don't give superheroes guns. See, that to me is why I think Kiddo's such an interesting protagonist throughout both films. Is that she isn't? She's one of those characters that is really not a good person. She's not even an antihero. She's just the person that we spend the most time with. Mm. And Tarantino makes her sympathetic because in that crazy eighty-eight fight, what makes she? This- I think she makes us sympathetic because you're only really given the perspective of killing and revenge killing. Like, you're never Mm. really given any other... Like, there's no... They don't do any, like, cutaway things to other characters reacting to the situation of, like, oh. Like, you don't see the aftermath of the Crazy 88 fight. It just skips away. Like, you don't see the news report of, like, hundreds of suited men seen walking around limbless in the streets of Japan. Like, you don't see that because it's not important. Because really, the crazy day, the crazy eighty eight eighty eight fight may as well not happen. Yes, like it doesn't need to happen. Because really, the, the because the reason it happens is so that you can get to Lucy Liu, and, and the reason it happens is partly because they were just like we just want to have a huge fight scene. Like I, like part of it is that because they have the first bit. Like she technically kills the bodyguards. You know, she kills the the kid with the spinny orb with the razor blade and the crazy schoolgirl thing. That's insane. Though that fight's ridiculous. <laughs> uh. And, like, she kills all the, the, the entourage. But then it's like... Every other film would have stopped at that. Every other film would have had that and then would have them fight. But then they do the whole, did you think it was going to be that easy? And he's like, oh, yeah, for a second I thought it would. One of the best lines just, in film. Well, I think my favorite part oh. of, of that, like, bit where they're pouring in is that there's actually, like, it's actually just the same eight people. <laughs> yeah. Well, From every what... direction, it's the same eight people. And you start being like, you're like, oh, look, it's the bald, like, leader guy. 
oh look, it's him again from yeah. the other direction. Oh wait, it's him again. So it's like, like I think the... that's because it's from it's from Kiddo's perspective. For her, they're just they're all the same people in the same suit with yeah. the same sword, right? And it's She's... only like only really when she uh, I think the, I think one of the coolest characterizations of her is where during the silhouette fight when it's after the big main bit where she's it's just like the one kid left and she like chops his sword in half which is super she, wanky yeah yeah but then she realizes it's just a school kid so she fucking picks him up by she the spags him with she the sword. spags him it's like this is what you get for messing with the yakuza's and it's like go home to your mother and he just like runs away that's such a clever moment yeah because it's like she it shows again that she doesn't actually want to kill these people she just wants to get to lucy she's Lou. trying to she's there to do the thing that she's yeah. come to do she's not there to cause people pain which is the same reason why when uh when gogo which is the body girl mm. body guard school girl she when she's like coming down to attack her she's just like you don't have to listen to lucy Lou. you can't just go yeah she's like you can walk away or whatever. you can walk away um but one- that that idea of that that scene where she chastises that school kid that i mean that does a few things at once like you get that strong characterization but also T- tells you just how good she is with that sword, right? I she, think that's... She's, she knows how to spank a kid with the sword and not cut him. That, to me, is, yeah. like, such well, a I think, small... I think the... I think another bit is where she... When she's, like, cutting the katana, that's, like, a... That's, like, a power moment for the weapon. Yeah. That's, like, if the... if the That's, like, shooting guns out of people's hands kind of thing. It's exactly what that is. That scene is yep. just the whole, like, you, you shoot the gun out of their hand with your that's gun. Exactly that it's exactly that It's exactly that, where she's cutting the blade. Where it's showing, I have better skill because I can cut your sword and also my weapon's better. But then, to spank afterwards is such a clever juxtaposition. because It's, it's like, just such a break from... Here is this incredibly, like, devastating weapon. But also, this is a world where this is just a kid and she has this kind of, at least some kind of a moral compass. Yeah, she's just going to spank him and give her a, give him a slap on the wrist and tell him to go home Because in, in a Wushu him. film, if you spank someone with a sword, like, that would just never happen. Well, you you, no, you a, wouldn't spank people in the wish because it's not. There's no comment. No, like because well, it's a western. It's got that. that it can have that tongue in cheek moment. Yeah. yeah, and that. I mean, that happened. I mean, there's a great one of the best. Uh, like, I just love that whole sequence from start to when she kills Lucy Liu. But when they're in the snow and they're about to duke it out, that is the scene where they're out in the thing, and instead of snow, it's real dusty. It's. Yeah, yeah, they're outside the tavern, and it's they're they're ready to. And they have the standoff. That's yeah. And there's this there's this fucking moment where um, I can't think of what the line is, and I'm so annoyed that I can't. But uh, they have the they have the exchange about the the Hitori, and and Lucy Liu makes fun of Kiddo, and then Kiddo goes in and fucking does an amazing job, and then Lucy Liu's like, "I'm sorry, I disrespected you," and they have this exchange. Then I can't remember exactly what's said, but it's one of those lines that when you hear it, you're like, "Wow, that's incredibly well written." It's some, like, they both say one thing, I, can't, I don't know, it's one of those implied things, but I think Lucy Lou starts saying something, and then Kiddo finishes it or something. Then they just go at each other. Right. And... Did you watch the film with subtitles? Um, I watched it with uh, non-English subtitles. Right, I watched it with no subtitles. See, that is almost more interesting. <laughs> it is really interesting, because you're actually able... Because I, I went in, I, like, the film started, and I was just like, oh yeah, some parts of this are in Japanese, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch it with no subtitles, because I'm pretty sure that's what it was like in cinemas. Yeah, it was. So I was like, I want to see what it's like, and it's actually really interesting because they they slot in enough English that you can get it. You can tell what, yeah, like especially during the scene where, um, where they have the where where they're sort of showing how she became the like the mob boss, 
and they're at the meeting and the guy pipes up because he doesn't believe that oh, having insane. a yeah and in 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 without subtitles you still get the same thing because shoot like they they open the scene with uh kiddo saying like you know there was only one time that it was brought up her like her her heritage her heritage yeah, yeah. and then they, it just cuts the scene it's all japanese and you're assuming that they're all celebrating something you don't really care what and then a bit later it sort of it pans towards the guy who's like looking really pissed off and then kiddo cuts in a bit and says like like this was you know this was the like blah blah sort of like ref- like recontextualizes what's happening and then he immediately sort of like explodes and you can you, like without even knowing japanese you know exactly what he's saying he you know he's saying something along the lines of just like i've had it with this like i don't believe we should be led by someone with su- like such a shitty heritage like pig american you know like that shit yeah yeah and you just know, and you know, the reactions from the other people is just like, what are you talking about? It's like, she got there fair and square, like, who cares if she's American? She's our boss. And he's like, no, I don't believe it. And then she, you know, she runs along and cuts she just his head off. fucking beheads him. Like, it's and then, crazy. And then she sort of breaks into English for the last bit. Which is great, like, sort of, for the people who aren't watching with subtitles. But it's also great, because it means, it forces, it means that Sophie translates. It's just a, it's a real power move as well, from... Oh yeah, like, say, like, hearing... Yeah, when Sophie's translating, and she has like like that look on her face, it it characterizes her really well, even though she gets literally no other dialogue apart from just generic wailing. It's also Oren Ishi is Lucy Liu's name. Oh yeah, Oren. Yeah. Another moment where they do sort of jumping back and forth between. Um, it took me forever to find that, well. by the way. Oh, nice. Is yeah. when when um when. What's her name? Kiddo's finished killing off the crazy idiot. She makes that big spiel on top of the banister. That's all in Japanese. But then she ends it with, except for you, whatever the lawyer's name is, you yeah. can stay right here. And even from that, you know exactly that what she just said was along the lines of, you know, go home and tend to your wounds and don't fucking follow this. Don't follow your leader again. Like, you, yeah. you, you know, this that kind of thing where it's just like, I didn't actually want to kill all of you. Well, she, the best part about that, when, when the crazy idiot are dispensed, is she's like, you can go home now, but yeah. you leave your limbs that you've lost. They belong to me. That's oh, is that essentially? A, yeah. She's like, I, I think it's like, yeah, you can, you can crawl home or whatever and tend to your wounds, but leave the leave the limbs that you've lost because I own them now or something like that. And then, yeah, except for you, you say, yeah, 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 yeah. Or Sophie or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that, and you, you yeah. pick that up even without having listened to the subtitles yeah because you can kind of work like it's you can get it from the um the context and the i mean the like the, the writing the... it's such a strength of the writing and the characterization that you can work it out well, even part of it's just it's such a it's such a cliche kind of tropey moment where you can just kind of tell you can tell she's making some speech about how like you know you've all been bested and blah, 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 because it's that moment, you know, the camera angles are doing the thing. Yeah. The, it's, it's all She's happening. lit in the right way. And then you're given the, you're given like the sort of the joke moments. It's like, except for you, you can stay right there. And it's that kind of, you know, it's that very tongue in cheek. It's Western that Western idea. thing that you can't do in a fucking wushu. And that's so like, I don't know. That's, and, and then you can do the ultra serious stuff in the wushu in the second one. Yeah, that ultra sincere stuff because it's like it's I don't because know it's been juxtaposed it's, in the first. Oh, one. it's you've, just you've gotten so the silly clever. out of the way. You can have some of the more serious, still kind of silly, silly, but, but in a serious way. Yeah, like, like those they can raise the stakes slightly, and it's it's but it's like they raise the stakes, but like it's less life life and death than it was. 
Yeah, it's like she kills just... hundreds of people, but it's more about the personal because you've already got personal stakes in Kiddo. Then when you meet Kiddo's kid, you're like, oh shit, and it like it just ups the ante. Yeah, um, I don't know, like it, it just it's one of those ones where Tarantino really fucking outdid himself, and I don't know that he's he hasn't really done anything in two parts since um, that has worked as well. He hasn't done anything in two parts since. And I think, I think I'm pretty sure that's his first. Pretty sure that's his only two part of film. I think it might be. I don't think he's ever done. No, I don't. I think mean, we so. have this sort of uh, the Hateful Eight, and now the Magnificent Seven. I, I don't know that, if that's a two parter. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, we're having that coming out soon. Wait, so. is Magnificent Seven Tarantino? Yes. Huh. I believe. Interesting. So. I may be wrong. I pre. I mean, I'm basing that off the fact that it's adjective number. <laughs> <laughs> and it's come out a couple years after the, yeah, know, yeah. the Hateful Eight. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and it has the same... Well, it has Samuel L. Jackson. See, I, so. think, I think it might have just been written by him. I don't think he's directing it. Oh, he's... Uh, sure. Well, I I heard from somewhere it was based on a book. Yeah, I don't whereas know. Whereas the Hateful Eight is sort of standalone. Yeah, I didn't see the Hateful Eight. Yeah, neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to catch Whatever. Um, maybe we'll do that at some point, because it's not yeah, a film. maybe. Um, it's Tarantino. Tarantino. It's good time. Look, if you haven't seen Kill Bill, seriously, go watch <laughs> it. It's- if you haven't seen Kill Bill... <laughs> You need to watch all the Tarantino films. They're, Once again, we've we've arrived at the part of the episode where, if you've come this far, if it's if the name is in the title of the episode, we're going to spoil it. So. Yeah, but to be honest, lot. you can watch this film without with being spoiled, and it's still incredibly enjoyable. Oh yeah, like you can you can see all the fight <gasps> scenes on their own. Like Holy you can see crap. the ama- like you can see the short but amazing fight scene with Bill, which is amazingly choreographed. You can oh, see that, that like half the, the, the chair, yeah, the chair fight. Yeah, Jesus, I love that's it. clever. You can see the the stupid fight in the trailer with. What's her name? Like, you can see all the fights on their own, but, like, but seeing in it... In context. It's yeah, so seeing it and seeing the bits in between, which are really funny. It's just... It's just a good film. It, I, it's I don't a grand know. old time. It's just... Go bloody get it's a, a classic. It's, it's a, a classic. classic. It's a yeah. classic. We've always said that. Yeah. Look, Ben, where can people find us? I don't know. That's a good one. Ah, uh, we're on Facebook, DCM Works Social. We're on Twitter, at DCM underscore Works. We're on YouTube, uh, DCM.Works. DCM.Works. I have a new channel, The Antagonist. I do video essays. Mm, video it's real stuff. serious. It's good times. Yeah. Um... Also, we do other things. We have the Let's Plays. DCM, I hate pie. You can watch us play dumb games every day. We make we play the dumb games. Yeah, we do. We, uh, <laughs> we're on the Colby House channel. Playing no, No Man's Sky. Playing No Man's Sky. It's an okay time. Yeah. Um, uh, also, if you want to help support the show, you can. We have a Patreon. It's in the show notes. Patreon.com slash DCMworks. You can just bloody chuck us a buck, mate. Yeah. Or, or I mean, don't. You know, it's your call. Whatever. Just throw it at the screen. I'm but sure if, we'll get it. But if you were like, man, I'd love to spend some money, but probably get something in return instead of just instead of David's unending praise uh, and you were, you were like man I'd love to spend that money specifically on a website you can and do that and a t-shirt specifically or, or specifically oh, a t-shirt we the I was on the website but you oh, can okay. do the well I guess you've Red done the com forward slash people forward slash GTO yeah that's not that's fine uh, you can go buy oh, a t-shirt com. Um, get, a, get a web domain but yeah if you go to hover.com and you use our referral link um, you can get two dollars off a domain uh, buy or transfer a domain. It's really easy to use, uh, which is good because the internet's a hard place yep, for David, a kid. David's a dumb dumb, and so I'm a he, dumb idiot. He needs, and if he needs I the can good use services, them, yeah. I need I need services that are so simple a child could do it. Yeah, and like Hover's the, Hover's got me covered. Yeah, they literally have a button when I go into my dashboard. They have a button which says "Pay for my bill," and it's really big, and I just click on it. Oh, and it that's nice. Yeah, I'm like yes, and it tells you how much it is next to it. Yeah. And then PayPal One Touch does the rest. For oh, you. it's <laughs> PayPal One Touch is my fucking hero. Look. Tell um, us to PayPal. Give us that sponsorship. Shout to PayPal. We'll give chill us out hard. Give us. <laughs> um, look, it's we really appreciate it. If you know, if you want to have out the show and also get a sweet URL, 
URLs are pretty cheap, so it's it's a lot off when you think about it. Yeah, uh, it helps out the fucking shit. We get a kickback. You get a you get a thing that's cheaper. I I can afford to eat for the week. It's a yep. good time. You get that two dollar ramen. That's it. Yum yum. We've there we go. We sold right. out again for the week. Yep. Um, if you guys want to f- fucking, I'm at DC on my hate pie. I'm at little citrus. Well, bloody see you next week. Bloody goodbye. Bye. It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird. It as makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We went, and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling.